Support for this episode comes from Yakima Chief Hops. Yakima Chief Hops is a 100% farmer-owned hop supplier with a mission to connect the family farms of the Pacific Northwest with brewers across the globe. With a growing competitive market, YCH understands the need to continuously brew exceptional quality beers. This is why YCH is focused on developing innovative hop products and research-based resources that provide real solutions in the brew house and help brewers take their beers to the next level. Yakima Chief Hops works with breweries of all sizes across the globe, from home and nano brewers to craft and macro. To find out more about YCH, visit www.yakimachief.com. When there's some 1,300 breweries across the country and nearly 300 in your province alone, it pays to be different. So what happens when three beer lovers from various marketing agency backgrounds come together to open a brewery designed to satiate the curious palate and mind? You get something in the water brewing co. And since opening its doors in May 2022, the brewery and bar concept is already a hit with the great and the good of Toronto's Liberty Village. Hello and welcome to the Brewer's Journal podcast. My name is Tim Sheehan, editor of the Brewer's Journal. Today's podcast guests from Canada pride themselves on being a little different. They began their curious beverage journey in May 2020, right at the start of the COVID-19 pandemic. Starting with a curiously sour beer with a hint of sweetness, they dedicated themselves to looking at every beverage they curate with that same lens of curiosity. Whether it be the Canadian whiskey aged in rum casks, a World Beer Award-winning brunch stout, they believe that curious people deserve curious beverages. And they welcome you to their flagship brewery in Toronto's Liberty Village to drink curious. And like so many businesses that started trading in recent years, the story of something in the water is itself something of a whirlwind. Founded by Steve Waugh, Rick Taunton and Mike Lee, three individuals from marketing backgrounds, the brewery is focused on doing things their own way. And back in the world of marketing, what they would tell their clients each and every day is to be different. If you want to be successful and you want your customers to remember you, you have to be different. There's the three partners. We have two full-time people, one front of house and one back of house, right? So call it a tap room manager and a brewmaster. And, and then we have seven part-time. The part-time are for front of house and, you know, evenings, weekends, when the, when the tap room, we call it the cafe. That's the modest team is part of the business. So w- one of the things that differentiates our brewery from others is the size. We're about 2,600 square feet. And so we're very small. And the model is more like a cafe than a brewery. Like when we talk to people about our vibe, our interior design, the customer experience, we always try and say, think Starbucks, not brewery. Because we don't serve food, you know, outside of the snacks and that kind of thing. And 
it's it's a place to come together enjoy a couple beers have a good conversation and and kind of move on very much like a coffee shop right you get together with a friend you it's probably a 45 minute endeavor we don't play sports on the tvs this is about you know we like to say we're in the curious beverage business so it's for curious conversations for curious people and uh so it's it, and and when rick and i talk about you know the snacks we're gonna we're gonna uh, uh carry the glassware we're gonna use we really try and use this filter of cafe versus versus like beer garden if you will located in toronto's fashionable liberty village the team knew that they had to design their brewery cafe operation to cater for the area's clientele Liberty Village is uh, fiercely loyal to their community. It's a, it's literally a city within a city. So um, there's over thirty thousand people who live in Liberty Village, and that's within a one-kilometer radius of the brewery. So it's it's largely young professionals who work call it downtown Toronto. So it's about a 10 minute uh, transit, 10 minute streetcar to downtown Toronto. So it's largely rentals, largely people under 40 years or frankly under 35 years of age. So this idea of a kind of a fresh place with like a positive energy and a bright feel is very much in tune with a younger demographic. But like the British pub, which both Rick and I adore, of like <laughs> it's it's got mood, eh? It's got a lot of mood. It's got it. The energy is very different, and so the like the Irish pub type of feel is not is not in tune with the young demographic, and um, and so yeah, it was very purposeful. We knew that our our demo was sub forty years old. It's not Rick and I. We know that. And so we wanted the vibe very much to reflect that. And early rave reviews show that they are hitting the mark with the atmosphere that they're striving to help create. But to operate a bricks and mortar operation so early in their journey wasn't always part of the plan. We started as a contract brewer. It was uh, early 2020. We had identified the trajectory of sour beers in the marketplace, especially in the US, and it was really starting to gain traction in uh, in Canada. So we developed our Blackberry Vanilla Sour. Our intention was to launch in bars and restaurants and try and get an LCBO listing. LCBO is our monopolized um, government liquor stores here. And that was in March of 2020. So instantly that whole business plan blew up because of COVID, but we were able to get the LCBO listing and we launched our sour in the LCBO. And that's pretty much how we lived uh, for almost two years. We had, a re- we had a really interesting conversation amongst partners. And we all knew we eventually wanted a bricks and mortar. But we all felt it was like five, six, seven, eight years out. It wasn't going to be this early. And I remember vividly uh, in the summer of 2021, driving uh, down a Queen West, which is a really hip part of Toronto. And it was uh, early summer and it was just for lease signs everywhere. 
and it was like this epiphany moment that like wait a second this is the perfect time to build a brewery because all of everything's closed anyway so what a great time to start construction and is this the first time in the history of toronto where the tenant might have some negotiating power over a landlord and that was really was the spark to say let's look let's start looking and that's exactly what happened there was there was actually supply right toronto like you know about toronto fourth largest city in north america and I, I think, you know, I think there's two and a half million people waiting to get into Canada, a million and a half of which are going to come to the GTA. So it was this moment in time, like you said it, the lemons out of lemonade or lemonade out of lemons. Like, wait a second, you know, this is the time to be opportunistic. And so we, we just aggressively went for it. And then the stars aligned and we found the location. The brewery build presented inevitable hurdles to overcome. And while something in the water is now firmly focused on the world of curious beverages, that was not always the case. Besides the atrocious uh, price of Toronto construction, uh, we did not make compromises, but our budget increased 30% because you know, all the things you know, I'm sure was over there, the lumber shortage, the aluminum shortage, the mudslides in BC, the shutdowns in China, all of those things made the construction process absolutely horrific. There was a period of four weeks where I was I could barely sleep um, because of all of these things mounting. So, uh, but I'll tell you to digress a moment, we were so naive, we thought that we could build an entire contract business on sour beers. And what we didn't realize is even though we're professional brand builders in our previous careers, unless you have unlimited money, building a contract beer brand is incredibly difficult. And not having a sense of place, you know this, not having a sense of place, not having something tangible that you can touch and feel makes it incredibly challenging in a, in a saturated industry like craft beer to build a brand effectively. It can be done, but it's very, very hard. So that meant expanding from the world of sour beers to a broader appreciation of curious beverages. December 2020, we sat down with an industry vet who's been very kind to us with his expertise and time. And we kind of did like a strategic vision thing. And when we really dug into the LCBO data, which you can get your hands on because it's a a uh, government organization. Once we really dug into the data, we said, you know what? We can't do it on the back of sour beers alone. We need to expand our, our product focus from just sour beers to curious beers. Once we expanded to curious beers, which still has focus and meaning, it just opened up more doors. The pool got bigger. Curious beers have meant the likes of the award-winning Pancake Bay Sweet Brunch Stout and Lee River Blackberry Vanilla, as well as the Great Lake Ontario Keto IPA. A generously hop session IPA that finishes dry with only 3 grams of carbs and 110 calories per can. And curious beers require curious consumers. We have a sign on our wall that says, Curious people drink curious beer. And 
one of the things we learned in as marketers is to say that your your our customer is a demographic doesn't make sense because you, you just to say someone's 30 years old who lives in Liberty Village, they could be markedly different people. And what we love about this notion of curious is it speaks to a way of being, right? It speaks to why you go to mom and pop shops versus a Starbucks, why you go to the local bakery, why you go to the local restaurant instead of the chain. Um, why you go to farmers markets um, and and you know museums and curiosity is is an intoxicating thing and that's why it became the filter of everything that we do curious beers so that the the people who come through our doors we believe are are naturally curious they want to try something new because if you don't like, there's lots of beers from Molson and Labatt, and there's nothing wrong with those beers. But you come into a brewery because you want to try something, eh? You want to experience something different. And that's why our brewery looks so different. It has a, you know, a velvet pink banquette couch and quartz countertops. And we have a brunch beer and all of those things to kind of say, hey, this place is a, is a little different like you. And that's a good thing. And while the brewery's bricks and mortar operation in Toronto's Liberty Village only opened its doors in May of this year, the team is already looking ahead to the future and the possibilities that may bring. We have our heads down for Liberty Village. It's week six and um, Rick and I are both data nerds. So we made sure that the POS and the e-commerce pl platform we use is data heavy, which allows us to make decisions and change. But the vision is is that liberty village is the prototype so we have established liberty village in terms of size and style to be the first of many and so this is a prototype in all aspects so yeah size style establishing the business case so that we can pick up what's in liberty village and put it somewhere else and replicate it with data to show that it works versus projections, which is where we got all of our bank loans for, for the, for Liberty Village. We hope then we anticipate there'll be more something in the waters and uh, where they're going to be is definitely, uh, it has not been figured out, but is an ongoing discussion. So uh, I'll tell you as, as, as business operators, one of the, the great challenges we're going to have is how do we, commit ourselves to Liberty Village being successful as a business and devote our time and thinking to location number two and beyond and make sure that that both of those things are adequately resourced. That's uncharted waters for us, pun intended. The Brewers Journal podcast is a production of Reby Media. Produced and hosted by me, Tim Sheehan. Sound engineering by Ross McPherson. Series supervision by John Young. The executive producer is Rory Harris. And special thanks to Steve, Rick and the team at Something in the Water Brewing Co.